Welcome to the Austin Forum Upload, the podcast of the Austin Forum on Technology and Society. I'm Jay Boisseau, the founder and executive director of the Austin Forum on Technology and Society. And I'm really happy to be here today with Michael Ward Jr., a former advisory board member to the Austin Forum. But more importantly, he is the president and CEO of the Austin Urban Technology Movement. Michael, thanks for joining us today. Right, thanks for having me, Jay. Excited to be here. It's good to see you again, even if it's here on Zoom. I feel like it's we just haven't seen each other enough. I, I think I saw you roughly a year ago at an event at Austin Energy, and I don't even remember how long it was before that. Yeah, yeah, you're right about that. I mean, the moment you said Austin Energy, I was like, oh, yeah, that was a while back. Yeah, but uh, definitely looking forward for an opportunity for you now to connect again in person. Well, our listeners probably don't know much about you since you've been off the advisory board for a while, and the podcast has really picked up since then. And I want to make sure they know about you as well as Autumn. So why don't you share with our listeners just a little bit about yourself before we get into Austin Urban Technology Movement? Sure. Well, uh, shout out to everybody. So thank you so much for listening. And as Jay stated, I'm Michael Ward Jr. I am originally from Miami, Florida, uh, but came down from Boston to Austin by way of Oracle. Uh, so I got my start inside the tech space doing front end and back end technology inside um, of Oracle's house, but then also responsible for helping them recruit, retain, and actually help them improve the Black employees they have there at Oracle. Um, so since 2018, I actually decided to leave Oracle because Oracle showed me all the benefits of the tech space, but then it also showed me all the challenges inside the tech space. Um, so because of that, I decided to leave corporate America back in 2018 and formalize Austin Urban Technology Movement into the company that it is today, where we focus on getting people inside the tech space, helping them move up across the industry, but then showing them how to be engaged techies. And I think that last part is what a lot of people don't really focus on. Um, so given my background being from Miami, you know, seeing my family uh, help community members, you know, being engaged in church, uh, being engaged, just you know, helping one another, that really trans um, transferred my passion inside the tech space, doing the same thing, right? Helping people get inside the tech space, helping people be engaged techies and showing them how to thrive or across the space. Um, I am a, a father. I have a 15-month-old baby girl, um, and I have um, a, a, another child on the way. So very, very excited about that. Thank you. Thank you. Um, I am a Tar Heel. Um, I am a Heat fan. So my heart is hurting right now for the <laughs> NBA finals. Uh, so I'm sorry if you're a Denver fan. I am so sorry, but not really. Um, and uh, yeah, excited to be here and just love love the good work uh, that we're doing and just being inside this space where we can really work with one another to move things forward across the board. Well, I was a Denver fan in these NBA playoffs and I wasn't going to bring it up, but since you did, uh, I also am a UVA alum, so you being a Tar Heel, I, I've, <laughs> I've I've forgotten you were a Tar Heel alumnus. But uh, we'll we'll stop the sports talk for now, and we'll get into what Austin Urban Technology Movement is and why its mission is so important. And you covered just a little bit of what Autumn does in your description of what you do and why you created it. But let's talk about Austin Urban Technology Movement, which we're sometimes calling Autumn or Autumn HQ. What is correct for our listeners? Yeah, Autumn HQ, Autumn HQ. Autumn HQ. Um, you hit sort of three of the objectives of Autumn HQ, but can you restate those? And then we'll talk about why those are so important and why everybody should care about these. 
Sure. Well, let's just talk about the landscape. You know, right now we're seeing an emerging of technology across various um, sectors, or was various industries, um, and just various specific projects. Right, looking at how technology is creating more automation. Technology is going into education, into transportation, into healthcare. Right. Um, so when you think about technology, it's not just high-end technology as a lot of us are used to, or as we first started. But it's looking how technology is really moving across the community today and like what's happening. And right now we see that there are so many jobs being unfilled right now because we just don't have the right talent. And it's not the fault of the industry per se, but the industry is just so connected to our traditional ways of finding talent, training people that we haven't realized how big of a disconnect it is between our education sector Right. And then the employers right, that are looking to hire for my education sector. Um, so right now, there are just so many jobs being unfilled. And then that highlights, well, why are these jobs unfilled? Because, oh, we don't have the right people. OK, well, where are the people coming from? And we realize that the people just don't have the skills and the experience to fill these jobs. And with technology changing so rapidly and evolving so quickly, right, a lot of our I'm going to say traditional sectors such as education, um, such as government, can't really keep up with the fast changing pace of technology. Um, so from our vantage point, we look at how many jobs are being unfilled, how many people don't have the skills and experience to get those jobs. And then when you look at the overall diversity with inside the tech space, it's like, oh, that just makes it even worse, right? Because those that are either Black and Hispanic or those that are low income or those who don't have college degrees are really left to fend for themselves or have a much difficult challenge getting the experience and getting the skills so that the tech industry can benefit, right? So the tech industry can actually hire the people that they need, but then we could start to see innovation, right? We could start to see problems being solved because we have provided everybody with the skills and experience to thrive inside the tech space. But because we haven't done that, we have the challenges that we have now, which is jobs being unfilled, lack of talent and lack of diversity across the space. So let me see if I can paraphrase that because I want to make sure that I've got it right myself and that, that our listeners are tracking because we're going to make an ask of them at the end of this podcast. So um, there's the general issue of the tech space having openings that need to be filled and every open job is a lack of productivity at, at worst and a lack of innovation uh, potentially, as these openings exist. There are bodies out there that can fill these positions, but require the training and education to do so. And many people are not yet getting this training and education, perhaps due to income levels, uh, other reasons for accessibility. But in particular, Austin Urban Technology Movement is focused on making sure Black and Hispanic community has access to this. Because not only is the tech community got openings that it needs to fulfill, uh, fill to be a better, more innovative tech community, but it needs to be more diverse, not just have more of the jobs filled, but have a greater range of perspectives in those jobs if it's going to be maximally effective in collaboration, creativity, ideation, uh, innovation, uh, removing blind spots and products and services, et cetera, right? That's exactly right. And I've always told people the reason why we have the problems that we have today is because we're not asking the right question to the right person. 
right? Like right now, the cure for cancer is, is sitting somewhere in the world that we just haven't asked that question, right? You know, someone right now looking to provide internet access for everybody in the world is sitting right now at home, you know, waiting for the opportunity, right? You know, someone looking to, to really get into autonomous vehicles, get into AI automation, leverage blockchain and connect with quantum computing, right? Like they're sitting and waiting, right? They're waiting for these opportunities, but where they're being overlooked for several reasons, right? You know, you mentioned income opportunities, you mentioned just education opportunities, you mentioned employment opportunities. These are all just barriers that unfortunately our society have created, have have uh, have um, implemented to make it very difficult for us to ultimately solve problems. Like that's really what we're going to get at. We want to be able to address any problem within our community and the barriers that we have today, whether it's lack of education, lack of technology, lack of internet, lack of transportation. All of that just makes it very difficult for us to truly create a society where people have the technical know-how, the technical experience to go out there and solve problems at any given moment. Couldn't agree more. You know, I know this is one way that your organization and mine are, are very well aligned. We both believe that, you know, technology is moving fast. Time passes linearly for people, but technology knowledge, uh, the overall knowledge base increases exponentially and technologies improve exponentially. And you don't want you don't want these empty positions to, to grow in numbers. We've got to find ways of educating people and getting them into these technologies with sufficient understanding and expertise to, to stay on that exponential growth trajectory and contribute and then share that with other people. Um, for the Austin Forum, of course, we do this by having essentially all of our programming be free. Uh, we tune our content just as you do. From, to everyone from novices to CEOs. We want to make sure that people of all professional levels, from trying to get into the market to being well-established in it, but needing to understand other technologies to advance their careers and companies and such, have access to this. So we're inclusive in that sense, but you have an especially strong focus on the Black and Hispanic community. So can you share with our listeners what you do to in particular to help those communities think your objectives were get more education, uh, more training, find jobs, advance careers, and do more professional networking, if I got that right. Yeah, and, and I'll and I add the, the piece is be engaged, right? Because right now, you know, techies love to work, right? Like they could work all day. They love going and, you know, creating something, solving thing, you know, leveraging technology in various different ways. But techies aren't, aren't real good at being engaged in society outside of technology, right? So our focus is to create a culture of people that are actually thriving inside of the tech industry, participating in community surveys, sitting on boards, being on task force, you know, voting, going to City Hall, going to the Capitol, right? Because they are active members of society, right? Mm -hmm. They're not just active members of the tech space. Right. So if our focus is to get people engaged, well, we start with those that are most disengaged. Right. And right now, those that are mostly disengaged inside the tech space are those that are black and Hispanic. Right. If you ask the majority of individuals, like, what is the tech industry or who is the tech industry for? They'll say white males and then they'll say Indian. Right. They they'll, sometimes they'll make a misconception and say Asians. Like, no, 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 no. It's not Asians. It's mostly Indians is the largest demographic within the Asian, you know, I want to say the entire um, Asian group is those who are Indian who will have the opportunities and white males, right? So then if that's the, the focal point, well, then what about women, 
What about those that are, well, I'll start with women because women make up what, 49, 50% of the US right now? It's when you 51. look, 51, there you go, 51%. Thanks. When you look at those that are Black and Hispanic, they account for 30% of the US population, but only 15% inside of the tech space. And I think women is 25%. I got to double check that for, for women inside the tech space. So there's a huge like disconnect just based off of numbers alone inside of the U.S. in comparison to what we actually see inside of the industry for those that are Black and Hispanic and, of course, those that are women as well. So because of that, we then go back to the drawing board and say, well, why is it that those that are Black and Hispanic you know, are not represented inside of the tech space? One is the fact it's our system, Right is that those employers that have these positions are going to four-year institutions. Well, just off of numbers alone, those that are mostly going to four-year institutions are not Black and Hispanic, right? So that, that's one barrier that makes it difficult. The second barrier is that those that are Black and Hispanic in K through 12 don't have access to the same education leveraging STEM ideology, whether that's science, technology, engineering, math, is that they're just not having those competencies in order to open up future opportunities to get in technology. And here in Texas, if you don't pass algebra one by eighth grade, you don't even have options to go into STEM or higher level STEM classes in high school, right? So just starting from like that point, oh, no wonder a lot of our adults living here in Texas or anywhere else with different education systems no wonder it's so difficult for them to get inside the tech space because they're not learning these inside the school system. And then by the time they do graduate and now they're in the workforce, what are they thinking about? Generating money, right? Like they're not thinking about getting more training to then go and get more money. Oh, let me see what's the newest, latest, brightest thing. No, I need to make money today. So they're going to do the quickest, easiest thing they can to go ahead and get a job because that is what the priority is, right? So our standpoint is looking at, okay, what training do we need to provide to give to give someone the skills needed for a job? What experience do we need to give somebody for that person to be able to apply the skills that they're learning? And then what wraparound support or resources do we need to provide to make that person can not only start, but can finish until completion? So do we need to give them devices? Do we need to give them internet? Do we need to teach them how to use the computer? Do we need to teach them about the internet? Okay, do we need to work on soft skills? Do we need to do time management, communication? What are the wraparounds that we need to do in addition to experience, in addition to hard skills development so that that Black and Hispanic individual that comes at the end of the day is a bona fide techie, right? And that's why we prioritize those that are Black and Hispanic. And of course, we don't discriminate. So about 20% of our audience is other, that's white, that's Asian, um, the specific islander, that's indigenous. We got people from all walks of life reaching out to Autumn HQ to work with us. Well, I think our listeners now know why I have such great respect for you. You have not just expertise and perspective, but tremendous passion for this. So thank you for, you know, for all the great work that you're doing. And I really liked how you hit the, the different levels of education and the different needs from having access to the resources like the computer or the laptop, having access to broadband, having an understanding of what these things do, having access to classes, to other people in that field. Um, I really like that uh, Austin Urban Technology Movement has a 
it seems like a very comprehensive perspective for people at different points in their careers from not yet started in tech to already in tech, but to advance their own careers and for comprehensive in terms of what their needs are. Is it classes? Is it hardware? Is it connections? So it really seems like you've got a great big picture. And I think that's important because not everybody who wants to be in tech, but, but is not currently in tech has the same gaps, has the same needs for how to get there, right? Mm -hmm. The definition that we go by when we think about the tech industry is you either work in tech, use tech, or build tech. And if you have that mindset, well, okay, everybody is inside the tech space, right? And the answer to that is exactly right. You know, we have just, we have defined technology incorrectly for so long. And what I mean by that is that, you know, in the earlier stages, and you'll, you'll probably get a kick out of this, Jay, is that in the earlier stages, we thought that IT was technology. And I said, mm, no, 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 no. IT is just a subcategory with inside technology, right? There's digital marketing, there's data analytics, there's cybersecurity, there's software engineering. All of that are, are others inside of the tech space. And there's even non-technical jobs you can do at a tech company, such as sales, such as HR, such as finance. These are all jobs that still happen in a computer, still happen with some automation mm -hmm. behind the scenes, right? There's still a workflow and approval process. All of this is still applicable, but we have just conditioned ourselves to limit the scope of technology. And now with all these advancements, so that's one thing I'll say that the, that the pandemic has really did. It has forced us to really reshape and rethink what does technology really mean and how much is it embedded into our daily lives? So our focus is to really be that one-stop shop. Whatever you need to thrive inside of the digital economy, reach out to AutumnHQ because we're not working in silos like I've seen so many other organizations right. or initiatives happen where they're focusing on just a piece of the problem which I understand why they do that, right? We need to have, be hyper-focused and specialize on a certain thing, but then that mm -hmm. needs to be tracked back to a broader audience in order to leverage. And that's where AutumnH2 comes into play uh, because we, we work with several different partners, some that are employers, some that are organizations, some that are institutions and governmental agencies that are all playing a role with inside of the tech ecosystem that we've built which now sits about 60 different partners across those four stakeholders. So Michael, you mentioned that tech, not all tech is information technology. And I, I hope that our Austin Forum listeners get that because we will cover throughout the year, health tech, food tech, agricultural mm -hmm. tech, manufacturing tech, and so on. We, we do have a particularly strong focus on multiple areas within information technology. I'll admit that. Um, what about... Uh, Austin Urban Technology Movement, is your greatest tech focus area information tech, or do you also have programs in climate tech, health tech, biotech, manufacturing tech, uh, energy tech, et cetera? So we're moving in that direction um, to be sector focused. I think the best way to say that um, we're moving in that direction because of what the need is, right? Right now, individuals are really leaning into technology across those sectors. And now we're having more of those conversations. Uh, but from our standpoint, our, our biggest, I'll say our biggest cohort or the biggest focus that we have is definitely around software engineering and cybersecurity. And the reason why that is, is because there are more than 2 million jobs open in software engineering, right? That is the most number of openings across the board. And the right. second most is cybersecurity. 
right? Mm -hmm. Like because of all these emerging technologies, we are creating things, right? Like, like people are creating stuff, which leans on the software developing side. And because we're creating all these things, now we need to protect them, hence the cybersecurity side, right? So it makes sense. Um, so those are the two that I would highlight but from my emerging technology standpoint, oh, we're all about AI. AI and blockchain are the two things that we're really leaning into because those are the easiest technologies, in my opinion, from an emerging standpoint, that can easily merge into other sectors, right? Like because yeah. blockchain is just becoming a foundational tool, just like AI, and then you just build on that to go on to the next thing. Yeah, in fact, those are two technology areas that is Austin- uh, and other cities, uh, we have listeners around the country and world now. So almost every city wants to be a stronger health tech city. And uh, of course, all of them would like to be stronger tech overall. And a AI is a good uh, leveling technology for then also working with some of these verticals like health. We have a number of examples in Austin of AI companies that have become health tech companies because of mm -hmm. the critical role of AI in various uh, places from research to actual delivery of healthcare. Um, let me uh, go up a level here and talk about the importance of diversity in a tech workplace. And this really goes for any workplace, but having worked primarily in tech workplaces, I think of these as places where ideation and innovation are important. It is certainly possible to run a tech company that merely sells technology, but I've worked in companies for which the creation and innovation in tech is an important part of, of, of what is sold. And one thing that's that's always struck me is having a bunch of smart people in a room is good. Having a bunch of smart people in a room who think differently from each other and have different perspectives raised in different places, in different ways, went to different schools and everything, that seems to stimulate creativity, discourse, uh, debate, and a better overall solution. And I'm guessing you're very familiar with some of the studies in this. And so really the long and the short of it is you shouldn't want everybody to look like you in a workplace. You should want the most diverse group of smart people possible. And that will lead more often than not to an even better solution, right? Definitely. The more people you have from different ethnicities, different income levels, different backgrounds, different overall experiences really opens up the opportunity for you to catch gaps. Like that is the biggest thing, right? You don't know what you don't know. But the moment you lean on someone else's intelligence, someone else's passion, someone else's experience, you get a completely different viewpoint than what you were able to even accomplish by yourself, right? Just because of your own biases, right? Your own your own blinders that you have on. So having a diverse workforce, having diverse management, diverse leadership, you know, let me say that one again, diverse leadership. Yeah, that's an important one that right? I, I from still the top see huge down, gaps in. Yeah. Right, from the top down and bottom up is really needed so that you can find out, okay, what is needed for the market, what's needed for the community, what's needed for my clients, for my customers, right. because all of those people have, diff they come in different shapes and sizes, right? Yeah, it's exactly. not a one, it's not a one size fit all, um, but yet there are some companies till this day um, that continue to look at diversity as a metric, right? And that's because they're looking at people as a metric, Right. So uh, I didn't share this in my opening, but uh, before I um, formalized Austin Urban Technology Movement, I worked at ADP um, and ADP was is a true HR company. That's one thing they say. We are an HR company. And the reason why I'm highlighting that is because they had a huge focus on people. Right. Like, how do you make your people more productive? 
How do you make your people yeah. happier? How do you make your people choose to want to work for you and stay working with you? Right. So I think about that because not many employers look at like their workforce as truly people. Right. They look at them as numbers. They look at it as a cog in the machine. They look at, you know, something that's just doing work without that emotional connection. Right. The the idea of connecting passion to the work. Right. The why behind the work make people go so much further than they would ever have done before. And that's the difference between people going nine to five and that's it. Or then people working, let's say, you know, 24 seven. Right. Where they're doing the work regardless of what need to do the work. They want to do the work because they love doing that, right? And, and that's really what you want to get to, right? You want people who truly love to be like where they are because they see the work that you're doing. They see the passion behind the work that you're doing. And they truly see the community represented inside that space on all different walks, shapes, sizes, et cetera, so that you can be that company that is innovative. You can be that company that's finding gas before they even happen. You can find, you could be that company that's saying, hey, we're going to launch this trend. We're going to do this initiative, right? You're, you're being the leader inside of inside of that space versus you know kind of sitting back you know being okay with status quo even though you realize that there's a challenge and the facts state that right you're not doing what's needed to really push the conversation forward well michael like i believe you've probably got our audience fired up already and thank you very much for this but i'm going to ask you to to fire them up to the next level here what are your parting recommendations for our listeners as individuals as employees in companies, and maybe as leaders in those companies where they can maybe can affect changes on a different scale. What are your parting recommendations for our listeners to improve the state of the tech sector, as well as the state of people of various demographic groups by embracing the hiring and development of people from all demographic groups to strengthen our tech companies and as well as our community? Sure, I got. I'll break it down for individuals and leadership. So, for individuals, you know, number one, if you do have devices, if you do have, if you do have equipment, I'm um, gonna please donate them to Austin Urban Technology Movement. Um, you can find information online. You can reach out to Jay, reach out to myself. Um, but definitely, you know, if you have devices, please donate to them or donate to us. Um, devices less than five years is what we take in order to give them back out to the community. Uh, secondly, um, if you work at a tech company, right, right, um, then please reach out to us and help us get people placed, right? You know, be a referral, right? Help somebody internally move up in your company or get into your company uh, will be the second ask for an individual. And then the third ask for an individual is leverage your expertise, right? Provide your the work that you're able to do, leverage that and be a volunteer, uh, we have several volunteers that are instructors, that are mentors, that are case managers, job person coordinators, resume reviewers, mock interviewers, you name it. We plug people in to wherever their passion is. Great. Go do that passion within our community to really help people move forward. Um, so those will be the three things. Oh, I forgot one more. The last one for the individual is that right now, in, if you're in Texas, it's for Texas folks. Um, there is the Broadband Development Office has recently been created, have been commissioned, and there's a public survey going on right now across the state of Texas um, for you all to provide your input around economics, workforce, and digital equity. Um, so I highly, highly, highly recommend you all share that, you complete that um, for your household, you know, shared organizations, uh, because that is really going to shape the future of Texas 
around economics, workforce, and digital equity when it comes down to, to the tech scene. Um, so those would be my mind, my four ask for the individual. Now, if you are in leadership, if you are in leadership, yes, please do take that survey because there's a public wide survey, but there's, there's an organizational survey for the Broadband Development Office, BDO. Uh, but if you are in leadership and you are um, and you have you know responsibility, then reach out to Austin Urban Technology Movement and let's talk about what you're doing around recruiting around workforce development and employee engagement. Like let's have that direct conversation because we work with employees of all different shapes and sizes and not all of them are really serious about doing the work, which is why we don't work with everybody. Um, so we're not looking just to talk all day. We're looking to put action into progress, right? And then take that progress and have huge impact. Um, so if you are a leader that's really looking to have enough workforce where you don't have to go and try to find um, people in the need of the haystack or recruit from your competitors, then please reach out to us so we can really talk about reshaping the tech ecosystem and having a place where individuals can truly feel like they're a part of the society, right? They're part of the tech space versus thinking, oh, that's not for me. You know, that that's those people over there. It's like, nah, we need to reshape that, that, that um, ideology so more people, more employers, more companies can truly thrive inside of the tech space. Well, Michael, thank you very much for all of that. I think you've you've given everybody perspective on why it's important to embrace uh, training and education of a tech community in general, why it's important to embrace diversity of that technology community and give it opportunities to as many people as possible that people can and should feel empowered to contribute, whether it's devices they're not using that could be reallocated to people in need, whether it's mentoring expertise, job opportunities at their companies um, and, and so on. So thank you very much. I think it's a nice comprehensive set of to-dos. Um, I look forward to maybe working on a blog post with you at some point in the near future so we can also get this in written form and thus have two different mediums for sharing this very important set of messages. But mostly, I just really want to thank you. Thank you for being on the show. And more importantly, thank you for everything you do in the community and the example you set for others and the guidance you give to all of us to help make things better. Thank you. Thank you as well, Jay. Shout out to the podcast. And for those that are listening, looking forward to seeing y'all be more engaged in Austin Forum, but of course, be engaged with Austin Urban Technology Movement. Can't wait to meet y'all. Thanks for listening to the Austin Forum Upload. You can listen to additional episodes and check out a schedule of our monthly in-person events at austinforum.org. The Upload is a production of the Austin Forum on Technology and Society, a nonprofit organization here in Austin, Texas.